0: Canada and hockey fans in the United States and here from land.
1: Welcome to another exciting edition of the Tom Green Podcast. That was the former Hockey Night in Canada theme song. For those like me that used to have CBC or do have CBC, you heard that theme and you enjoyed it. So, with that being said, we bring in a fellow Hockey Night in Canada fan. I'm sure he likes Don Cherry as much as I do with Coach's Corner with... Clay Dabrowski. Clay, welcome to the show. Hey, Tom, how you doing? Believe it or not, Clay and I have been friends for, geez, four and a half, five years now, but this is his first actual appearance on the Tom Green podcast. Uh, How um, interesting that it took you that long to come on the show.
0: Well, this is the first time you actually asked me.
1: (laughs) Very true, and unfortunately for me... um, NHL has kind of been the sport that took the back burner when it came to my coverage. And it's only because, you know, I was just so busy with everything else that sometimes one thing had to be set aside. But I had to bring it for the trade deadline that's coming up as well as analyzing the first half of this wonderful NHL season. So with that being said, let's start off for the first half, even though we're more than halfway through the NHL season now, 55, 56 games in. Any thoughts about uh, what's going on so far this first half of the year?
0: Well, the biggest surprise to me so far is just the New York Islanders. How they're in first place is just beyond me. The group that they have, it doesn't seem like they should win, but they're winning so far. I just don't know how they're doing it.
1: I think a part of that is Barry Trotz coming from Washington to the Islanders, and (laughs) So far, he's sticking it to the rest of the division as he's three points up on his former club and the Stanley Cup champs, the Washington Capitals.
0: Speaking of the Capitals, do you think they will repeat this year?
1: It's going to be hard, but I at times this year, they have looked better than they looked in the playoff run. So if that's the case, then I definitely think they can repeat. But you have one, two, three, four teams that are doing better right now than Washington and the Islanders, Boston, Toronto, and Tampa Bay, that could perhaps, if they if they were to meet up with one of those teams, they could beat them. So I think it's going to be harder, and they're going to have to be an even better team than they were at last year during the playoffs to repeat.
0: Well, the entire Atlantic division is just more solid than the entire Metropolitan division. The, or the Metropolitan division has just been very weak along with the entire Western Conference. One of my another big surprise is just the weakness of the Western Conference.
1: Yeah, it has a strong top with, with Winnipeg, Nashville, San Jose and a bit of a surprise Sean Monaghan, and Calgary. but besides that everybody else is under 70 points.
0: It's so far the West is pretty much up for anybody.
1: Except for Arizona.
0: Except for Arizona.
1: Well, actually, scratch that, except for Anaheim.
0: The funny thing is, Anaheim held a playoff position longer than Arizona has, yet Arizona is now higher in the standings.
1: By two points. <laughs> Which, Anaheim, that's one thats one thing I guess we can briefly touch on, is that the Ducks did fire Randy Carlisle. Just a couple of days ago, in fact, one of my Fox friends, uh, Michelle Drinnenburg, who I've tried to get on a podcast for a while, but thing of course schedules happen, uh, is quite happy that Randy Carlisle is gone. Your thoughts on that, Clay?
0: It's about time. He's been there a while. The Ducks have not been winning for the last few years in that ten game, or no, it's longer than ten games, like thirteen or fourteen game losing streak. You just can't have a coach that's in charge of a team that loses that much, you got to change something. I know it's not always the coach's fault, because he's not the one out there playing, but sometimes changes have to be made.
1: <laughs> Jeff Blagel <laughs> Very true. Uh, I, I Maybe I didn't say Jeff Blasio, but <laughs> Jeff Blasio. Yeah, you can tell my thoughts on our Red Wings just by that little um, segment. But <laughs> the Ducks firing Randy Carlisle... Was definitely a much needed thing for them because the Anaheim is a perennial playoff team. I mean, they were the Mighty Ducks at one point, and there there have been movies made about this team. <laughs> Just saying. Well, not so mighty anymore. <laughs> exactly. There are they the Ducks or are they the Duckies? Well, right now they're playing as if they're the Duckies. So Randy Carlyle out at at Anaheim. Um so my surprise I guess of the first half is that Vegas has still been able to continue the success that they've had from last year. Yes they're only at 66 points but in a, a new any new franchise they they usually never start the way that Vegas does and I know I uh, off the podcast I've secretly hated this success because I'm a I'm a Detroit, an old Detroit fan but Still, so you got to give credit where credit is due. Vegas has been able to continue their their hot streak, being successful and still being third in the Pacific Division, up by seven points on the wild card in the wild card standings. So, Vegas, I'd, I'd say that's a bit of a surprise.
0: Well, I guess the secret's out now that you hate Vegas.
1: <laughs> well, I hated them during the playoff run. Let's let's just say that. But um, I just didn't. I was very conflicted on the success of them to start out, I will say. But now that you know they've, they've well-established themselves, I say it's what it is.
0: <laughs> it's very good for a new franchise to have success right off the bat so they can build a fan base, especially in a city like Las Vegas. Las Vegas isn't really known as a sports town, so they really needed to have that great year to really build the fan base, a real fan base. Unlike
1: Arizona. <laughs> yes, that's true. Arizona, well, they had Wayne Gretzky as <laughs> – we have Wayne Gretzky as our coach. <laughs> that's what Arizona used to offer. Vegas, we've got slot machines. We've got the – we've got Chumlee. We've got the Pawn Stars. We have a successful team, Vegas – or Arizona. We had Wayne Gretzky as our coach once. <laughs> Now, the
0: surprising thing about Vegas is some of their key players from last year aren't performing up to expectations. Like, William Carlson had 40 goals last year. This year, he hasn't even broke 20 yet.
1: See, that's the thing about a very successful season like the first one, is that expectations are much higher for a club, and a lot of times you're not able to build up to those expectations. But Carlson has still done a good job. I mean, (laughs) if you, you... uh, score 20 goals in, an, in in 82 games. I'm up for it. <laughs> I mean, if I I'm, could do that,
0: I would be sitting here talking to you.
1: Exactly. We're, we're just average Joes talking about the game. So, unless you're Allen Iverson, we're not talking about the game. We're talking about practice. So, my surprise for the West is Vegas. My surprise for the East is... I'd have to go. I'd have to go with the Islanders as well. I thought they would be a better team with Trots. I did not think they would be this successful with 72 points in 55 games. Of course, the Lightning. I could say that. I could say that's a bit of a surprise, having 86 points and just being far and away clear of the field in the East for the for the top spot and in fact the President's yeah. Trophy. On the, it's
0: very surprising. When- York because they're doing all this without their captain, John Tavares.
1: Yes, as John Tavares is in Toronto now. Tavares went home.
0: And everybody thought that this year would be a complete disaster for New York without Tavares, but they've really proved that they can play.
1: And when you can play, anything can happen, especially in the National Hockey League. Just ask the Kings and the Devils in 2012.
0: Except for them now.
1: Well, that's 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 true. <laughs> that's very true. That's and that's another spot. In fact, we can transition from that to some trade rumors as a trade deadline is approaching, and we will plan to have an NHL, another NHL show after the trade deadline to talk about tra- all the trades that went down on February twenty fifth. But the Kings are obviously a selling team at this point. It, ever since they got rid of the Muppet, I mean Daryl Sutter. As their head coach. Does, doesn't he look like a Muppet?
0: He kind of does. Uh, I, I can't lie.
1: <laughs> he looks like a Muppet, which <laughs> people like the Muppets, so that's a good thing. <laughs> so the trade deadline, I gave, um, I am giving you 10 players from a Sporting News article that I've looked up right now that perhaps could be traded, and I'll, I'll, I guess I'll straight up ask you if they will be traded and if... If so, if you can, where? Of course, we don't have to go that far if you can't find a team where they belong, but really just much of a yes or no question. So, number 10, Sergei Bobrovsky from the Jackets. Will he be traded prior to to the 25th?
0: It's hard to say because the Jackets are a playoff team right now, and if you trade Bobrovsky and even their other player on the list, Panarin, it's not going to help them at all reach the playoffs and move far in the playoffs. So I can't see them trading Bobrovsky or Panarin because they need these players for success in the playoffs. I yeah. know Bobrovsky had a few issues here in the regular season, but he's a solid goalie overall.
1: Yeah, and I'll extend the question to Panarin as well. Uh, the the Jackets right now are in the playoffs, and I my philosophy is if you're in the playoffs— you should buy. If you're out, then you should look at selling more than buying. Right now, if the Jackets are in the playoff hunt and they're in the division, they're in the playoffs through the division, then I see. That I should really see them buying pieces instead of selling. So I'm going to go a no on Bobrovsky and Panarin as well. So, of course, ninth on the list, Cody Cc, defenseman. From the centers. This looks to be an obvious answer because of how the Sens are doing right now, but well let's go ahead and hear your answer.
0: I think he should be traded. He's too valuable of a piece to keep playing in Ottawa. He's not really a building piece. He's not a player to build around. He's a solid defenseman, but he's not someone to build around.
1: Right. He's well according to this article, the twenty-five year old is a restricted free agent with arbitration rights this summer. The Oilers, Lightning, and Canucks could be among his suitors, and yes, he should be traded, and he should be traded for a team that's looking for defense because him just sitting in Ottawa really doesn't help the Sens and their quest for the number one draft pick, and it really doesn't help him in terms of trying to win a Stanley Cup this year because the the goal in this sport is to to win the Stanley Cup. I think Edmonton should pick
0: him up. Edmonton's been kind of a sneaky hot team. They're not in the playoffs right in a playoff spot right now, but they're in the hunt. They're only four points out of uh, the—excuse me, six points out of the playoffs. And I think they could be a solid team, especially with Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid on that first line. You can't beat those two. The team just needs three other lines of defense.
1: Mm-hmm. And my yeah, my philosophy is in February, if you're ten points out, you're, in. In, you're in. in. Well, you're you're in the hunt, excuse me. You're in the hunt. I should I should have clarified that. Uh, in March, if you're five points out, you're in the hunt. In April, you better be within a game. Exactly. So, and I think
0: right now Edmonton could be competing for a spot.
1: So as you said, they're only five points out, so might as well make a splash with a young defenseman. Uh, we already talked about Panarin. He was number eight on the list. We're going go to go number seven, Michael Furland, left winger from Carolina. Will he be traded prior to the deadline?
0: It's hard to say because Carolina's in the hunt. Right now, Carolina sits three points back from the wild card, but I just, as close as they are, I don't see them as a playoff team.
1: Yeah, the the Canes are right there. The Canes are one of those teams that really could be in it and really couldn't be. So they're right in there, and I'll read a little more of this article. There's talk the Flames, who shipped Furland to Carolina last summer, might try to reacquire him. Also rumored to be in the mix are the Canucks, Bruins, and Maple Leafs.
0: I think he'd be a good fit in Toronto. Toronto's been looking for a little help on the offense, plus Toronto's been having a phenomenal year compared to what they usually are doing. And I think they could use some offensive help.
1: They very well could. So Furland, yeah. If Car- if here's the thing, if Carolina doesn't feel they can win they can make a playoff run with the team that they have, then I would sell Furland. If they really feel then they could they can make a run, which like we've said before on this show, if you get out of the first, well, we didn't say it, and I'll say it now. If you get out of the first round, you got a chance to win it all. It's it's really bang or bust when it comes to the playoffs. So if Carolina feels that's that'll be my opinion is if Carolina feels they can win with what they've got, buy. If you can't sell, and Toronto and maybe even Boston could could be a good fit for. For land as well in the offensive hunt. Speaking yeah, of the, sec- go ahead.
0: Yeah, that second spot in the Atlantic's really up for grabs, and it's not really a battle for first place because Tampa Bay is running away with it. But it's basically a battle for who gets home field advantage and who gets to play the wild card team.
1: Pretty much. So moving to another offensive piece that has really helped our Red Wings over the years. Gustav Nyquist at number six. Will he be traded?
0: I think Nyquist will be traded. I, it's hard to say. He really needs to be traded because Detroit's just a disaster and Nyquist deserves to be playing on a good team right now.
1: Here, here's another stance on Detroit. If your team is, or if your arena is named after a pizza that tastes like cardboard, that kind of describes your team. That is very true. Sorry, Chris Illich, but Little Caesars tastes like cardboard.
0: But it's cheap, so you gotta give them that.
1: That's true. Good drunk food.
0: It's very good drunk food for uh, Super Bowl night when you're wasted.
1: <laughs> and, our, and like I mentioned, Dritterberg on the show, she'll be hearing that part of the show and thinking, Oh God, these guys. <laughs> But yes, um, (laughs) Little Caesars, good drunk food, not good sober food.
0: Just like the Red Wings. They're a good drunk team, just not a very good sober team.
1: Unfortunately. (laughs) So I'll, I'll read more of this article. It says, if he's willing to waive his no trade clause, the Avs, Canes, Stars, Sharks, and Jets might show some interest. Wait, we're talking about the Jets being good? I'm used to J, the J-E-T-S Just End the Season Jets with football.
0: Well, it's very surprising having a Jets team in the NHL world that's actually successful, because that hasn't happened since the 80s.
1: <laughs> and we were not even thoughts back in the 80s, unfortunately.
0: It's such a shame, because we're such legends.
1: <laughs> exactly. We're legends in our own mind, and hopefully on this show, too. <laughs> so, my. I th-
0: All five listeners stop listening to us halfway through the podcast.
1: Right. <laughs> so, I'll say that uh, I. Do I think he will be traded? I actually don't because of the no trade clause, but should he? I think so.
0: It's just hard because Ken Holland is very loyal to his players, and he doesn't like trading players that helped him build his success. And I know Nyquist came after the Stanley Cup runs, but. He's been a staple there for a few years now, and I doubt Ken Holland's going to really actually trade him, even if he does wave his claws.
1: And that's another thing about our Red Wings team. Ken Holland. Yes, he has four Stanley Cups. Great for him. But the last time we've won a Stanley Cup was 2008. Ken Holland, this is 2019, not 2008.
0: Let's save the Red Wings talk for after all the trades.
1: <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm trying. <laughs> so, uh, your official opinion, yes or no on will he be traded? I think you said yes, right?
0: I, said, I think no, actually.
1: You think no. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, moving to another piece of an of an offense. The center, Kevin Hayes from the Rangers. Will he be traded prior to the deadline? Again, hard to say because New York's kind of
0: in the hunt, but they're they're nine points out, so it's really hard to say. Henrik Lundqvist has not had a Henrik Lundqvist-type season, so I think the Rangers will be sellers, and Hayes could be a nice little pickup for somebody at the trade deadline.
1: And speaking of Henrik Lundqvist, I heard that the Swedish chef took over the huh. ESPN cafe. What did you say? One, now. Yeah. What did you say? Oh, he's oh he said pickled herring on blood curd. Blood i A little <laughs> oh, well, throwback to the This is Sports Center commercial from years ago. Besides the point, um, you did say hey, they were nine points out. And like I would said with Carolina, if you feel you can win with who you got, buy. If you don't, sell. In this case, I really don't feel that the Rangers can win with what they've got. Besides, of course, Henrik Lundqvist. I wonder if he's enjoying that Swedish chef blood corp that I just mentioned.
0: What for the Rangers besides Lundqvist anymore. Does anybody know?
1: <laughs> That's kind of the sad thing. Remember the tr- the swap of Callahan for St. Louis, which helped both teams, actually, years ago. But
0: then afterwards, St. Louis retired, and that's when New York kind of spiraled down into me- mediocrity.
1: Mm-hmm. So, as this article says, the Avalanche, Jets, and Stars could take an interest in Hayes. Either of those teams pick him up. Again, Jets or Stars be a good fit for him, because both of
0: them are looking for offense— but I think the Stars will really need to pick him up because the Stars are really trying to stay in a spot. The Stars have a playoff spot right now, but they're also on the line of being kicked out of the spot. I know they're not in a wild card, but the West is so tight right now that if you're in the playoffs, in a playoff spot, you have to buy.
1: Pretty much. And all really all the Stars needs to do is um, just to hear from their GM every once in a while just like we heard about Ben or Sagan excuse me Sagan Tyler Sagan what a player Mm mhm so I think that we should be traded because of the how the Rangers stand so moving to the defense Dougie Hamilton from the from the Canes will he teach the Canes how to Dougie or will he teach another team how to Dougie I
0: think he's going to be teaching now the team hunted Dougie because, like I said earlier, that the Carolina Hurricanes, they're in the hunt, but I just don't see that squad going very far in the playoffs. They don't have big names besides Dougie.
1: Pretty much. And so it says in the article that teams seeking blue line depth, such as the Canucks, Oilers, Maple Leafs, or Islanders, might find Hamilton appealing. And I think Edmonton
0: needs to make a bid on him. I'm really kind of rooting for Edmonton secretly here because I'm a huge McDavid fan, and I'd like to see him play in the playoffs, but it's hard to say if they'll actually make a bid for him. The Canucks are another interesting team because they're in the hunt, but they're on the line.
1: Exactly. And when you're on the line, oh, boy, thank you, you just don't know whether or not it's the right, it's the right move. Well, we'll so see. Come February 25th. Exactly. And so, with that being said, because we mentioned Dougie. Teach me how to Dougie. It's just going to be who's Dougie. Gonna be teaching them how to doggy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I I yeah, I think the Canucks could use him if they're if they're going to buy. If if they decide to sell, then perhaps he goes to Toronto. Toronto will
0: definitely need the defensive help because Toronto's been mainly relying on their offense this year mm-hmm. and their goaltending. But their goaltending will need help on the blue line.
1: Exactly. So moving to another part of an offense. From the Rangers, Matt Zuccarello. Will he be traded?
0: Oh, yeah. Matt Zuccarello plays for the Rangers. I forgot about him. But he hasn't been making a lot of uh, headlines lately. Except for him now being on the trade block.
1: Side note, a couple years ago, Clay and I went to on-field photo day at Comerica Park. And he spotted a Matt Zuccarello jersey worn by some random guy. We don't know who. And he ran about it for about five minutes until some random fan told him to stop. So... Who likes Matt Zuccarello?
0: Yes, I do like Matt Zuccarello. He's a good
1: player. <laughs> so according to the article, trade conjecture has been tied to the Flames, Stars, Penguins, and Knights.
0: Mm, I think Penguins really do need some offensive help. The Penguins are barely holding on to a playoff spot, and I don't think pe- or the Pittsburgh fans want to see their playoff empire die just yet, considering they just won the Stanley Cup two years ago. But this is a very different team than it was two years ago.
1: As with just about any team, except for Arizona and Detroit.
0: Yeah, those teams are just the same, and they're not getting any better, but they're not getting any worse either.
1: That's true, only up to go. <laughs> yeah, Penns would be a good fit for Zuccarello, but who knows if the Rangers want to trade in in division and in rivalry. Uh, perhaps you could see them go to Calgary.
0: Calgary would be a good fit for him. Um, I think Calgary has a very offensive game, and I think that will help Zuccarello out a lot.
1: Mm-hmm. So moving on to list number two, Wayne Simmons from Philly. Will he be traded prior to the deadline? Well, he's been in Philly for
0: longer than I can remember, but then again, who cares to remember the Flyers anymore?
1: Besides Gritty.
0: Yeah, besides him, but he just <laughs> Anyway, I think he should be moved.
1: Yeah, uh, as the article says, proof he could prove enticing to clubs like the Avs, Bruins, Flames, Knights, Lightning, and a Maple Leafs.
0: The Lightning need help?
1: <laughs> Who would have known?
0: <laughs> the Lightning look better than any other team in the league right now, but then again, come playoff times, everything is erased from the regular season.
1: Exactly, and like I would said, the first the first round really means the most. You gotta just gotta get out of that first round to have a real possibility at the Stanley Cup final.
0: And the president's trophy curse is still a thing.
1: That's true. So uh, if Simmons gets dealt, I think he gets dealt to the West. Maybe Vegas uses him. Maybe Vegas could use him because of the struggles of car the struggles of or that thereof of Carlson and the rest of the team.
0: Yeah, I think Vegas would be a good fit for him. Again, they're a very offensive team, and Simmons is an offensive player.
1: Which the last time the Knights made a noteworthy move for us, that actually helped both teams, in our opinion. Tatar for draft picks, which Detroit used one of them to get Phillip Zadina.
0: Which Zadina has been lighting up the minor leagues so far. He needs to be called up.
1: (laughs) That'd be something, perhaps after the deadline. Uh, Moving on to the last one, and the one that people have been anticipating for in the NHL, Matt Duchesne. It's pretty much a given that he's going to be dealt, unless Ottawa's crazy. So I'm going to actually ask, where should he be dealt?
0: Hell, that's a tough choice, because Duchesne can fit in in a lot of places. He's a good offensive player. He is a little bit of a defensive player, too. I know he's a forward, but he knows how to help back on the blue line. But it's just very tough because he was stuck in Colorado for a lot of years. Then he gets out to Ottawa, and he can't catch a break. So I think it's time for him to go to a good team.
1: And according to this article, such as the Bruins, Canes, and Jets could come calling for a skilled offensive center.
0: Which I don't think the Canes should be buying. I think they should be selling. So I think it's got to go to Boston. He's going to be going to Boston, I believe.
1: I was about to say before before you had said Boston that Boston sounds like a good fit for Duchesne, just kind of like Jerome McGinwa going to Pittsburgh, I believe, after many years in Colorado. Yeah, I think Boston's been a surprise team this
0: year. They weren't supposed to be as good as they are, but they're competing, and I think Matt Duchesne will definitely help them.
1: And then just for the record, the... The Bruins still have Zidane O'Chara, am I correct? They are. Then they're it's Zidane. not a surprise that they're doing well. Zidane Chara is yeah. probably one of the oldest players in the NHL. He's still one of the largest, but he's just getting old and being that big is not good for your joints. <laughs> yeah, he'll be feeling it tomorrow morning. <laughs> That's for sure. And the mornings afterwards. <laughs> Pretty much. So that was our trade, little trade deadline talk there. We'll hit a couple of big questions before we get to the final segment. So first, um, Minnesota, As uh, if, if you listen to the first NHL show I did back in October with uh, Alex Wynn, who is a Minnesota guy, we talked about the Wild and the Wings, so I wanted to circle back to the Wild. Losing Miko Koivu for the rest of the season, will they still be a playoff team and or should they make a deal? I
0: don't think they're a playoff team without Koivu. I know he's not the biggest offensive threat, but he's a big presence in that locker room, and he's just a big presence on the ice. He has good leadership skills, and I just think Minnesota will not be a playoff team without him. And I know they have a spot right now, but they've been slipping ever since Koivu got injured, and I think it's just time to trade him. Or <laughs> I think it's time to trade away their bigger
1: players. So you think it's time to sell. Now, I think I would think trading Koivu while he's injured is a little a bit idiotic, but <laughs> that was a I slip will, of the that tongue. That was on brand right there. That wasn't yep. exactly. Slip of yet. the tongue, it happens to me, too. I will also say that uh, Zach Parise just joined Twitter, and I, in fact, was among one of his first thousand followers on Twitter. So I'll actually tag Parise in this, in this podcast, and hopefully he'll listen, and perhaps maybe he could... He could give me a shout out or something like that, or maybe I could get Parise on the show. But uh, the Wild, if they, as I've said before, if they feel they can win with what they got, they need to buy a piece to fill the void for Miko Koivu. If they don't believe they can win this year without Koivu, then it might be time to sell some pieces. And and even if they make it, they make a deal, just like a, a few years ago. Devin Dubenink is going to have to stand on his head for this team to make the playoffs. Of course, Zach, if you're listening, prove me wrong. But Dubenink is going to have to stand on his head for this team to make the playoffs, in my opinion.
0: Dubenink's a very great goaltender, and he's always stood on his head with Minnesota. He hasn't been as great this year as he, as he was last year the year before, but I just don't see Minnesota being a playoff team. Plus, with the last few years, with them in the playoffs, they don't go very far. I know if Zach Parise say here's this, he's going to want to kill both of us, but <laughs> they're just not a competitive team once
1: they make the playoffs. <laughs> well, I had talked with Alex, and I had Alex win, I told him that the Wild are kind of like the Lions, just stuck in a rut. They don't really, that when they get to the playoffs every few years, they lose the first playoff series. Something's got to give. And maybe a selling might have to give, or maybe Parise just beating up, beating me up might have to be, might have to be the case. If so, go light on me, Zach. But <laughs> they've just been stuck in a rut, and unfortunately, it seems to be the same this year, minus Vu. So, with that being said, we'll move on to the Red Wing. A question about our Red Wings, real quick. And with this season the way that it is, what in the world do we do? Well, this team lacks
0: direction for the most part. Ken Holland never knows what what he wants to do. He never commits to building, but he never commits to trying to get great players to come here. But then again, great players don't want to come here because we suck.
1: And, yeah, that's the unfortunate thing is ever since the 25 consecutive playoff streak, which started at the Joe and thankfully ended at the Joe, um. We have not even sniffed the playoffs since. Maybe in our ten game hot streak at the start of the year, which happened again this year, but after that we have just been in tank mode.
0: It's just Ken Holland never has a true plan because he'll want he says he wants to rebuild, but then every offseason he signs aging star or old aging stars who are out of their prime and don't need to be on this team, to be honest. I like Thomas Vanek. I like Mike Green. But honestly, those are pieces that need to be shipped off. They probably won't because they're losing value by the minute. But this team just lacks direction.
1: That's very true. And I was going to mention Vanek, of course, circling back to our wild folks. But, um, it, yeah, a sense of direction. And where where does this team want to go in the next three years? Do they want to make the playoffs? Do they want to make a run? Or do they want to just build for five, six, seven years in the future? And <laughs> this is seemingly back to where we were when the Joe opened. It seems we're we're opening up a new arena. When the Joe opened, the wings were not that good. And now that LCA's opening, the wings are.
0: <laughs> well, we're back to the 80s and the dead wings.
1: Exactly. The dead wings. Oh unfortunate so yeah i think the
0: best plan for the red wings is just holland needs to leave he does not lead this team in the direction it needs to go because he wants to build but he wants to make the playoffs you can't do both but if you do you might make the playoffs but you're going to be one of the bottom seeds and you're going to get kicked out in the first round and even if this team miraculously made the playoffs this year and gotten a hot streak they just wouldn't go far. And I think they really just need to tear everything down and start over. I mean, fire sale, get rid of Nyquist, get rid of Howard, get rid of Green, get rid of Bannock, just everybody who's overage and, and value's decreasing. Whereas Nyquist is still on the up, but everybody else is on the down.
1: Exactly, and people that know me well, people that are people that know me well know how much I approve of Jimmy Howard. I don't. <laughs> Let's just say that.
0: <laughs> well, if you remember last season, or was it the season before, Thomas Vanek, Thomas Vanek was on the trade block. We traded him, and Holland said he wanted a first-round draft pick, and he out for a fourth-round draft pick. And oh. that, that's all he's worth is a fourth or fifth-round draft pick. So, why do we keep signing him after we trade
1: him away? Yeah, a message to Ken Holland Thomas Vanek is not Amari Cooper. I know we're talking different sports, but both, both players felt in their GM's eyes that they were first round picks, which Amari Cooper ended up being in Dallas. Thomas Vanek is not because he is old.
0: Once you hit that thousand game mark, it's a great accomplishment. But that's when you know your career's going downhill. I mean, he's Thomas Mannick is still a decent player, but he's not a superstar anymore.
1: And unfortunately for him, yeah, unfortunately for us too. That's just that's just reality. That's just the case with
0: him. Unfortunately, Other time will catch up
1: with anybody. Exactly. So, moving to our last segment of this show, one team in and one team out. So, we're going to go both conferences. We'll start with a team that's currently outside the playoff picture right now that will sneak their way in, and, of course, a team that's in that will somehow turn out come up short. We'll start with the Eastern Conference. Give me the team that's out that will find their way in.
0: It's honestly difficult with the Eastern Conference, the – The Eastern Conference has the best teams in it, but they also have some of the worst teams in it. The West is a wild card. Anything can happen, but it seems like the Eastern Conference is almost pretty much locked up. I know there's a lot of season left to go, but it's very hard to say who's going to make it and who's going to fall out.
1: Very true, and of course, the wild, wild West, we've all heard that quote before. We'll be talking about that in just a minute, but... First, team that's out that will find their way in. And, of course, none is also an acceptable answer if you really feel that way.
0: I just don't think any teams that are out are going to make a push for it. Carolina is the closest team right now, but I think they're going to be sellers at the deadline, and if they sell, they're not going to find their way in.
1: Fair enough. Um, I will go, in fact, I'll go a little bit different route than you, and I'll say Buffalo. Uh, Jack Eichel has had a very good year, and he could be the one that perhaps leads this team to the playoffs. They're only four—they're only four points out, right now. I know Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh is Pittsburgh, but they're only four points out. I think if one team finds their way from the East to the playoffs, I think it's going to be Buffalo.
0: I think if one team finds their way out of the playoffs, it's going to be Pittsburgh.
1: Fair enough, you say Pittsburgh goes out. I think, it de- I think it depends on what the Blue Jackets do at the deadline. If they sell, then I think the Blue Jackets will be that one team that finds their way out of the playoffs. If they don't sell, then, oh boy, I could see Montreal, honestly. And the reason is, Pittsburgh has had a culture of winning for so many seasons. Of course, Montreal has won 22 Cups, so what, what else could I say? But Montreal hasn't won a Stanley Cup since the 90s. So, they need to regain that winning culture again. Pittsburgh has it, and that's why I think, unfortunately, for us, Pittsburgh finds a way to stay in the playoffs. They've just had a winning culture
0: over the last few years, and a few years ago, they weren't supposed to make the playoffs, and they end up winning the cup. So, who knows? That could be them again this year.
1: Exactly. So, the NHL is pretty much the most unpredictable sport, so... You said that perhaps, probably no team finds their way in, but Pittsburgh finds their way out, and I said that Buffalo finds their way in, Montreal finds their way out. So moving to the West, the wild, wild West, that is. Same question. First, who's out that finds their way in? It's been
0: wild for sure this year. The thing is, even the division leaders aren't... Grasping the division that well. I mean, any. It's just hard to predict what's going to happen with the Wild, Wild West because Winnipeg's ahead in their division, but they're only two points ahead of Nashville. And Nashville is always a good team every year. San Jose's the lead in their division, but Calgary's right on the doorstep. One team that will find their way out, though, definitely Minnesota. Without Koibu, they are not a playoff team. Yeah. find their way in, I think it's gotta be Chicago. I know Chicago isn't the closest team to them right now, but Chicago has that culture of winning, and they're gonna do whatever they can to make the playoffs.
1: Even without Quenville, do you think Chicago can make the playoffs?
0: Well, Chicago's kind of like Detroit right now. They're a team without a sense of direction, and they're trying to make the playoffs with pieces that they've had from years ago that won them the cups. But they won't get rid of now. I mean, they got they have Jonathan Tays, Patrick Kane, Brett Seabrook.
1: That was a blast from the past.
0: Players that helped them win in the past, but they are not helping them win now.
1: Yeah, so that's that's a very good point. And I'll go team that doesn't finds their way out of the playoffs. I'd have to agree with you on Minnesota because Nomiko Koivu. If they buy to fill the void of Miko Koivu, I think they can make the playoffs and maybe even sneak into the division side of the playoff bubble. But I don't know if they can make a playoff run. So that's why I could see them selling. So I'll go, I'll agree with you on Minnesota out of the playoffs. It's hard for me to say who's going to be the team that finds their way in, but I'll but I'll, I'll take a throw I'll take a I'll throw a dart at the dartboard and it'll come up on Colorado.
0: Interesting choice there. They've had a sneaky hot year. They haven't been very good, but they haven't been
1: very bad either. And if Patrick Waugh is still the coach, he's definitely had a winning experience.
0: Well, we all know Patrick Waugh.
1: Well, Red Wings territory, you hear the name Patrick Waugh, you probably get punched in the face because (laughs) because that's what happened to him over 20 years ago.
0: The Red Wings were always very good at beating up on Patrick Waugh on the goal board and also physically, too.
1: <laughs>
0: Thank you, Chris Osgood and Mike Vernon.
1: Yes, Mike Vernon, Chris Osgood, beating up Patrick Waugh.
0: And almost Dominic Hoshik in 2002, except he slipped on a stick.
1: Oh, if, if only he didn't slip on his stick. So he went with Chicago in, Minnesota out. I went with Colorado in minnesota out and so with that i will ask you the question that i ask every single tom green podcast guest is there anything else you have to add to this wonderful tom green podcast well it has been wonderful and i've had a lot of fun but
0: i don't think i've got anything else to add for right now but you're definitely going to have to bring me back after the trade
1: deadline definitely i'm hopeful and maybe we might even bring in Alex Wynn and his buddy Mike Carmen too at some point again. that, that was a good podcast, as was this one. So that What's is our put together. <laughs> that would be something else. So he is Clay Dabrowski, Spelled weird. I know if you can see on our Twitter or on our Twitter and Facebook lines. And also, one f- very quick shout out before I end this podcast is during the show with Alex Wynn, I did. We talked a lot about Jamie Hirsch's picks. And so I had seen, after where he did our show, months after, she is now expecting. And, of course, she made that very public, so that's why I'm saying it on the show. So congratulations to Jamie. Hope everything goes well with that. And best of luck, I have to say. And
0: let's that Zachary doesn't listen to this and come beat us up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be... That wouldn't be good. (laughs) So congratulations, Jamie Hirsch. And uh, Zach Parise, if you're listening, please go easy on us. He is Clay Dabrowski. (laughs) And this has been the Tom Greed Podcast.